What's going on, everybody? It's your buddy. It's your pal's Pass Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, here indeed with your NXT review for November 15th, 2022. Haven't done one of these in two weeks. Hope you guys, if you are coming here for NXT content, which is been a little hit and miss, not going to lie. The weeks that I haven't done an NXT review, I have included NXT in the WWE Last Week series as a whole. Please go check out the WWE Last Week series. I'm having a lot of fun doing that, and I would really love some 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 proper feedback. What works, what doesn't work. Um, you know, should I get into more detail on stuff? Should I break down the matches uh, in like much more detail, like I used to? Do you want a more swift, uh, like bullet point style show? Please go to one of those episodes and let me know down in the box below. Also, speaking of random shit, the last off the cuff. Uh, podcast that I did was one about the changing landscape of pay-per-views and premium live events in the WWE. I think that's two podcasts ago now as this one goes out. I had a lot of fun doing that one as well and it is a topic that is going to be ever-changing and ongoing so I would love some feedback on that as well. As I've been saying in the past couple of videos, if you do watch or listen to me on YouTube. Do not ever, ever, ever doubt that I appreciate uh, your ears, your eyes, even though it's not a visual medium anymore. Uh, if you want to keep listening to me here, taking in my content here, that's absolutely fine. But I would love to spread people out uh, across some of the other places that you can find this content. The content is identical. The content is absolutely identical because I haven't done any actual video content in a while. You'll see there's just a graphic in front of you right now if you're watching this on, on YouTube. Because there is no video portion, the content is identical everywhere. So I would really love it if you guys would uh, try going over to Rumble, looking up Spaz Phoenix Podcast, or searching Spaz Phoenix Podcast on any of your audio platforms. Uh, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, uh basically anywhere else you go to listen to podcasts. I'm getting some hit and miss messages from YouTube about, they haven't re removed anything of mine because I'm not monetized, so I don't really think they care. But every now and then I get a, you know, this might not be up, that might not be up, it doesn't go up on time, etc. So I am looking to sort of expand on those, on those other platforms, um, especially Rumble. I'm really interested to see how we do on Rumble, because Rumble seems to have a lot less BS, but there seems to be less people on there. I'd love to change that. Uh, if you are going to stay here on YouTube, don't uh, don't think that I don't appreciate you. I'm just trying to spread myself out a little bit. Anyways, enough of that jargon, enough of those uh, cheap plugs and BS. Let's talk about the show. And that's basically how the show started. We had a cold open, and the first of two title matches was on the dock, and it was Von Wagner versus Braun Breaker. And did anybody think that anything was going to happen with that uh, NXT Championship? Absolutely not. Uh, Von Wagner started off the match by tossing Robert Stone at Braun Breaker. There's a nice hesitation vertical suplex sort of mid-match. Uh, as they brawl to the outside, Von gets a like a modified slam, choke slam thing on the bottom portion of the steps. But, you know, big guy stuff, big guy stuff, big guy stuff. Spear, Braun gets the win, retains his title um if it, if it wasn't extremely obvious that they weren't going to put the NXT title on Von Wagner, but I will say it did serve a purpose. It it gave uh, Braun Breaker sort of what I'm going to call the Big Show win. Uh, whenever any of anybody back in the day, be it The Rock, be it Austin, be it Triple H, be it Shawn Michaels, be it whoever, was about to go and go into the stratosphere and face somebody else of that caliber, they had sort of like a building match with the Big Show because you had to topple the mountain or you had to fight Kane or you had to do something like that. Um, 
and then you went on to do whatever the actual thing was. Not to be too much of a dick, I don't dislike Von Wagner, but he is kind of a caveman, and he doesn't really look like he knows what's going on a lot of the time. Uh, Biden joke in there somewhere, but we're not going to go there. Uh, Braun Breaker gets the win. Uh, I, as I said, I'm going to call it a big show win. We cut very, very quickly to a video package on tonight's main event, which is the last woman standing match between Alba Fire and Mandy Rose. Then, uh, as Braun Breaker's walking around backstage, you see him. He's, you know, he's stumbling. He's selling the match. He's sort of like, as soon as he gets through the curtain, he kind of like falls to one knee and takes a breath, takes a step, looks up. J.D. McDonough is right there. I really hate that name. Just call him Jordan Devlin. Fuck. Um, and just he sort of kind of smirks because he's got a match that he's going out to have later on. And he says, just uh, just so you know, you'll never be done with me. Nice, easy, simple stuff. Zoe Stark off the back of last week's episode where I didn't actually mention this when I was doing my NXT review. Uh, or sorry, when I did my NXT rundown as part of WWE last week. But Zoe Stark turned on Nikita Lyons after they failed once again to get the tag team championships. She went through her history and she said, she came out... And it's a line that everybody uses a lot, but it's still kind of funny. It still kind of makes me laugh. It's like, my back is feeling so much better now that I'm not carrying Nikita Lyons through the NXT um, roster anymore. Something along those lines. She went through her whole story about how she won... I don't even remember what it was. She won some tournament or some battle royal. She was going to be uh, facing Mandy Rose. And then instead of doing that, they asked her to be in the tournament for the women or the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships and she was supposed to go to SmackDown and represent NXT with Nikita Lyons because the big ups like asked her to and then they both got injured and rah 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 we never made it I got injured you know facing Mandy Rose and you got injured doing TikTok videos which I don't think makes very much sense so she's she doesn't care about the tag team division anymore she doesn't care about the tag team titles anymore she's in it for herself I'm the hunter everybody else is the prey and then she kind of fucks off there's no interruption there's no uh, interaction there's no response from Nikita Lyons so I'm assuming she wasn't there tonight um very very by the numbers but not terrible um I mean, Zoe Stark's not the best talker in the world, let's be real, but she really tried to throw herself into it towards the end once she found her feet with what she was saying. Not going to set the world on fire, but it wasn't terrible, is, is what I'm going to say about that. Apollo Crews finds Braun Breaker in the back, and he also lets Braun know that he's got his eye on the NXT Championship as well. Indus Sheer returned to take on no-name jobbers, and that's, of course, Sangha and Veer Mahan, and they squash them, but good. And then, <laughs> because it's WWE and we can't get rid of cliches sometimes, they do the evil foreigner gimmick. They show some respect to the creeds. Hey, we have a lot of respect for what you can do. Hey, this, these fans have a lot of respect for what you can do, but they don't respect us. They don't you know, we we can't get any respect around here because of who we are, and we're going to get our respect, and we're going to have to take it out of you guys, and I'm just like, oh, God. It's fine. In the back, the Creeds are watching this. They say, you know, that these guys laid down a challenge. You got to accept it. Ivy Nile tries to keep them on track. It's like, these are not the guys you should be focused on. And they said to her, basically, in a kind of understandable way, actually, uh, well, these guys called us out. These guys are basically pulling our punk card. We got to deal with that. And she says, okay, well, whatever. I got to take Tatum Paxley out for a for a match, you guys, you know, sort yourself out. And then they sort of said, yeah, we'll get rid of these guys who are calling us out, and then we'll set our sights on Pretty Deadly and the titles again. It's it's everything and nothing, but it's like, 
it's a conversation that kind of needs to happen. Like, you get called in by these, out, sorry, you get called out by these guys that have just come back, that have just reformed. Why would you bother with them rather than going for the titles? Because, you know, pride is on the line and you can't call out Diamond Mine because we're going to call your bluff. Um, these guys called us out. We got to take them down. Then we'll go get our titles. Very, very nice. Very, very simple. Again, much like most of the show. Not going to set the world on fire. Very, very fine. Very, very functional. It's all good. Uh, at the end of the day, I could do without the cliche evil foreigner gimmick. Um, I think everybody could do without that at this point. But if they need to be the bad guys so the creeds can be the guys that everybody's already behind, and this is going to be a mammoth match because look at the size of those four dudes doesn't hurt my feelings in the slightest. JD McDonough taking on Apollo Crews. And the, the worst I can say about this match is that it was just a really good match. Now, that sounds funny, but JD McDonough has kind of a weird gimmick right now that I'm kind of into. Most people aren't. I get it. Different, you know, different strokes for different folks. Apollo Crews also has a very weird gimmick where he's kind of a fortune teller and his eyes bleed sometimes and he poked out um, what's his name? Grayson Waller's eyes, and and it's all very strange. So both of these guys, character-wise, are coming from really strange places, and they just came in and had a really good match. There was a spot on the outside while they were brawling on the outside that almost looked like a Blue Thunder Bomb by by Apollo Cruz, but JD McDonough, where he landed, he landed on the edge of the commentator table with the point of the table uh, right under the back of his head. Now, after the spot that we saw on Monday with Seth Rollins in the main event on Raw, where he took the corner of that table to his gut, wrestling fans, if you're following from Raw to NXT to SmackDown, etc., you've already got the point of that table very clearly in your mind, and we, we, we are very aware of it. So that was an interesting, interesting spot to take. I couldn't help but notice at this point in time, if you looked at the top right-hand corner of your screen, there was a very, very distinct Apollo sucks section of the crowd that just had a bunch of different signs telling Apollo Crews all the various ways that he sucked. Both of these guys at various points in the matches hit really awesome apron moonsaults to the outside. And that's not... I mean, it's 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 no small feat anyway, but specifically when you got a guy the size of Apollo Crews, that's nothing to sneeze at. Um, single arm slam by Crews, seemingly out of nowhere, for the win. I wasn't expecting that, not gonna lie. Uh, Braun Breaker walks out to the rampway with his belt, holding it up, kind of nodding towards Apollo Crews. And I don't mind that as a match for Deadline, because I don't think it's going to be the main event. What I think will be the main event, we're going to talk about later. But as far as a... not necessarily the most exciting uh, match, I'm not going to lie, but as far as a really, really hard-hitting athletic match, Braun Breaker versus Apollo Crews, again, I, I gotta say, like, the, the theme of the night doesn't set the world on fire, doesn't hurt my feelings. Very functional, very cool. Uh, we're not quite back into takeover territory yet. This is sort of one step beyond an elevated weekly episode of NXT. It's a, on a proper Saturday. We're giving it its proper spot. But it's not quite a takeover, and I don't think it'll be the main event of that show, if that is the case. So it's perfectly fine. What I did say on a, on a pod a couple weeks ago... Uh, just speaking of like super athletic guys, and, and obviously we're in Survivor Series season, War Games season. If you ever wanted to put together uh, a Survivor Series team or a War Games team that was just 100% stereotype jock 
team. Give me Braun Breaker, Apollo Crews, the Creed Brothers, and Chad Gable as a team. And tell me that that team wouldn't wreck, or at, at the very least, be really entertaining. Really, really entertaining. Booker T hosted the contract signing between Carmelo Hayes and Wesley. Uh, Trick Williams is out with Carmelo Hayes. He's, he's being the hype man, but he's not only being the hype man for Carmelo Hayes and everything he has to say, but he's also kind of being the hype man for everything Booker T says. Uh, a lot of, you know, sincere stuff from Wes Lee. I didn't think I was going to be here, you know, last year. I was, I took what, you know, the world gave me, and right now I'm happy to call myself the champ, and Carmelo Hayes coming at it from the narrative that he's had for the past few weeks of, I've never actually been pinned for a championship, even though he has, because Solo pinned him, even though we negated that, and... All that kind of thing. It, it all really kind of works. And right as they're about to finish it off, sign the documents and, and that kind of thing, Booker T has, you know, sort of the sign sealed and to next week we're going to deliver. Uh, makes me think of Stand and Deliver. And if you want to think of what I know what I think of Stand and Deliver as a pay-per-view, go back and watch or listen to my podcast about the ongoing changing landscape of pay-per-views and PLEs in WWE because I talk a lot about that. Uh, Wesley finally told off Trick Williams and basically told him to fuck off. Like, this is between me and your meal ticket. And I'm like, that that is such a good line because that puts the respect and the focus on his challenger while putting... Trick Williams in his place in such a belittling way. And it just about works for a babyface. Just about. And I said this before. I said this on a pod, I think, last week as well. Because I like Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams as an act so much, I hope they lose because their call-up is overdue. Much like Cameron Grimes. Uh, send Cameron Grimes to Raw. Send Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams to SmackDown. It'll be absolutely fine. Um... Can't pretend that I really, really gave a shit about Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs versus the Dyad representing the schism. It's fine. Uh, Fallon Henley is out there with them. The match is what it is. I really wish that the Grizzled Young Veterans were still the Grizzled Young Veterans because there were some good spots in this, but it's just... It is what it is for now. Kiana James comes out and fights with Fallon Henley because they've got that weird storyline about her trying to buy the bar because she's a businesswoman and she's doing a business. And the dyad win. And the thing about it is, is the, the dyad, the heel team that has the numbers advantage, didn't even win because of their heel numbers advantage. They won because another heel got involved with the babyface's manager, valet for lack of a better term, and I just thought, like, they'll take it, but, like, a win is a win. It was, like, when Ray, when Dominic Mysterio first turned on Ray, and the Judgment Day weren't expecting it, but they also, there's that meme of them, like, just sitting in the corner laughing their asses off. It's like, we didn't even have to do anything here. That's what the schism did tonight on NXT, because they got to cheat without actually cheating, if that makes any sense at all. But... That is not the point. That is not the point of tonight. The two title matches aren't really even the point of tonight. The point of tonight was that Shawn Michaels, HBK, the head person in charge of NXT creative or whatever the hell his title is, they wrote it along the bottom of the screen. That's not the point. He was going to make a huge announcement about Deadline, about the layout of Deadline as a pay-per-view. And he made his announcement here. It was pre-recorded. It would have been kind of cool to see him actually come out and talk to the crowd. But that's that's not how we're doing it. 
it was done in sort of like a monologue slash video package format, basically. And I read this just before NXT started. It was on NoDQ. And it was the fact that WWE had trademarked the term Iron Survivor Challenge. And I'm like, oh, fuck, what's that going to be? That's just going to be another name for a championship scramble or some, some bullshit because Braun Breaker's got so many challengers. And it's not. It's convoluted as hell. I think it's going to be fun. I already know a lot of people are going to complain about it, but here's what it is. The Iron Survivor Challenge is a brand new match type that's going to debut at deadline. There's going to be one for the men, one for the women, obviously. What it is, is five competitors in a 25-minute match. Two people start, and another competitor enters every five minutes. You get a point for a pinfall, uh, which can be obviously scored by pinfall, submission, countout, or disqualification. Um, if you get a fall, you earn a point. If you lose a fall, you have to go to the penalty box. Where's Jeff Jarrett? This is King of the Mountain shit. You go, you go to the penalty box for 90 seconds. Now, at the end of the 25 minutes, whoever's got the most points gets the win. I kind of like this. And it's one of those, I'm going to have to see it in practice before I figure out whether it's actually a good idea or not. But it's partly an Iron Man match, because you're keeping score of who's got how many falls. It's partly the Survivor Series, because when you are pinned, you are eliminated, except in this case, it's only for a short period of time. And it's a little bit King of the Mountain as well. There's a little bit of Royal Rumble in there as well. This is... This could be fun. This is where they have to book it very carefully. This is where they have to choose the competitors very carefully. Obviously, the first two people in the match are going to have to be people with hella endurance because they know for an absolute fact they're going to be in there for the whole 25 minutes. Get somebody who's more of a sprinter, more of a power person, more of a, a spoiler to be the last person in the match, obviously, because they only have to be in there for like five or ten minutes. Um... Obviously, the winners of these two matches become the number one contenders for those respective belts, which tells me that on top of these two matches that are going to take up at least an hour of the show, there are still going to be a women's championship match, a men's championship match, a tag title match, etc. going forward. And the participants are going to be announced in the following weeks. Now, we've got a lot of time between now and then. We've got Full Gear, we've got Survivor Series between now and then. And then we've got Deadline, which is on the same day as Final Battle, which people are freaking out about, even though they're not on at the same time, which is strange. This could fall on its face. Don't get me wrong. This could absolutely be a clusterfuck. But it's interesting and my, my interest is piqued. You had my curiosity, now you have my interest, or whatever the hell that expression is. After this, I wasn't paying attention to anything at all. Indy Hartwell beat Tatum Paxley in a really short match. Indy gets the win, Indy goes to the back, and once again tries to tell Roxanne Perez how horrible the world is because she's a very pessimistic person right now. Apparently in the match, she took off Tatum Paxley's like nose protector thing, and she says to Roxanne Perez, which is kind of true, it's like Tatum Paxley wouldn't care if she broke my nose, and if I have to break a couple of noses to get into that Iron Survivor Challenge, that's what I'm going to do. We get the announcement that, and I'm really glad that they're not dragging this out to the pay-per-view, not going to lie, Cora Jade versus Wendy Chu is happening next week, they're not going to drag it out to the pay-per-view, absolutely fine. Wendy Chu, the babyface, threatens to give her not one, but two black eyes. Okay. All right, I really like Cora Jade. I really do. It's uh, I like Roxanne Perez too. I like uh, a lot of people. I don't. <sighs> Wendy Chu needs to do something different. 
I'm not saying she's not talented. I'm not saying she's not having fun in the role. If she's having fun in the role, it's it's like a Nikki A.S.H. situation. If she's having fun in the role, or this is like Nikki A.S.H., if it's something she created and they let her run with it, I will respect it on that level. A hundred percent. But it's not for me. Much like the Nikki A.S.H. thing was not for me. Now she's back. Now she's better. Now she's on an all-star War Games team. Oh, yes. Cora Jade's awesome. Roxanne Perez is awesome. The match between Roxanne Perez and Rhea Ripley a couple weeks ago was a lot of fun, was it not? I mean, David and Goliath up the 2-9, but it is what it is. Mandy Rose versus Alba Fire in the last woman standing match for the NXT Women's Championship. I went into this match really thinking that I knew what I wanted out of this match. I said, I like Mandy Rose. She's hella underrated, like I've always said. But, take the belt off her, send all of Tox the, the full threesome of Toxic Attraction, haha, <laughs> I said threesome, uh, send them up to the main roster because they can do main roster things, um, give it to Kaylee Ray, or sorry, Alba Fire, stupid name, take her back to Kaylee Ray, it's fine, take her back to Kaylee Ray, so you can go back to calling her finisher the KLR Bomb, just, just saying, I would say, strip Mandy Rose, Take Toxic Traction, put them on the main roster, let Alba Fire be the one going forward. Have Cora Jade and Alba Fire fight for the title. Then have Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez fight over the championship. And then go from there, go from there, go from there. Little did I know that there was one surprise that I had not thought of in the slightest. You guys know me, you know I like my weird shit. So let's talk about the match, and then let's talk about the weird shit that just makes me happy. Oh, yes. Mandy Rose, Alba Fire, Last Woman Standing match. There's a lot of, like, stuck-in-first-year brawling for a long time. And then, I mean, that's, that's harsh. I won't say stuck-in-first-year brawling, but, like, I've seen both of them do better brawling and, like, more convincing, angry brawling. So they just looked like they were, like, sort of sleepwalking through the first little bit. But then they get back into the ring... Alba Fire's got a chair. Mandy Rose goes for the V-Trigger that she does way better than Kenny Omega. It gets blocked by the chair. She wrecks her knee into the chair. Now we're going somewhere. Now we're doing something. Um, Alba Fire has a little piece of rebar, and she uses the rebar under the kneecap to do a single leg grab on the knee that she just smashed, which is fine. We come back from the commercial break, and Mandy Rose is using that piece of rebar in Alba Fire's mouth like Edge did with the Crippler Crossface with the piece of the broken chair uh, on on Daniel Bryan and on Roman Reigns and a couple of other people. Uh, top rope cannonball to the outside by Alba Fire. Looked like it could have absolutely wrecked. Modified Death Valley Driver by Alba Fire into a trash can that didn't really bend that much. She just kind of rolled into it and it rolled away. Um, gory Bomb into the apron edge and then a beat down with the bat by Alba Fire, the baby face. Now they set up a ladder on the other side. Now, they pulled out the ladder earlier on in the match and I wanted to say something that's really going to cut opinion. I know this. Unless it's a ladder match. I know. It's a last person standing match. Nothing nothing is off the table. No holds barred, etc, etc, etc. They brawled in that weird artificial gap between the two uh, railings that only exists to be a brawling space, which was kind of funny and made me laugh. But because of how awkward it is and because of how much can go wrong with a ladder, follow the mentality of the person in the match. A ladder, as a weapon, makes absolutely no sense unless you need it because you're crawling up it because it's a ladder match. Literally anything else is a better weapon if it's just a plunder brawl. But they set up the 
sorry, Alba Fire set up, I'm tired, I, I really do apologize. <laughs> Alba Fire sets up the ladder next to the commentary table, lays out Mandy Rose on the commentary table. I'm pretty sure she's about to do a senton bomb until somebody grabs her from behind and mists her and tosses her off through the table. Um, I could tell who it was. I don't think a lot of other people could. Uh, Mandy Rose, whose leg is wrecked at this point, manages to stand up for the 10 count. Uh, Alba Fire does not. We focus back on the ladder itself, and it is fucking Ela Dawn, also of NXT UK fame, who is my unofficial new hot goth girlfriend <laughs> in wrestling. I'm sorry. It is a thing. It is what it is. AEW stole page from us, so now we have Eladon. Eladon, if you go back to <laughs> before NXT UK died, before the pandemic, when I actually did review NXT UK for a little bit, I was full of praise for Eladon. I, way back when, probably had her on the whole, like, she should be on main roster NXT right now type of thing. It's creepy shit, and she's a good wrestler, first of all. She's into the shit that she's... It's like Sarah Logan, which nobody's gonna like me for. Like, there's some legitimacy to the gimmick in her real life. She believes this stuff. If you follow her on social media, like the... I don't know whether it's Wiccanism or Paganism. I don't want to say which one it is because I'm not familiar and I don't want to put my foot in my mouth. But she, she does, like, occult stuff in her real life. So, it's... She's into it, and she... She plays it well because she's not playing it, is I guess what I'm trying to say. I am very, very excited about this because now you can have Eladon versus Mandy Rose versus Albafire at the pay-per-view if you want, or you can just have Eladon versus Albafire and and uh, Mandy Rose can go on to the other obvious number one contender, which is Roxanne Perez, which is kind of unfortunate because it'll mean Roxanne Perez won't be in this Iron Survivor Challenge thing, but they they capped it off. They, they announced something really, really intriguing. They gave me a twist on a match that I thought I knew the answer I wanted out of, and it's fine. Everything else, like I say, kind of by the numbers, kind of functional, nothing too offensive, very blah show with a very cool announcement and a very cool debut. I can't complain. I'm not going to tell you that I'm ranting and raving about this episode. I'm not going to tell you that if you missed it, you should go see it. But there's stuff happening. And I know that's the most baseline requirement ever. But it's better than stuff not happening. Which may or may not be happening on a brand that has a pay-per-view this weekend. Moving on. Benefiting from having Paige and Dean Ambrose on your roster does not cover up the rest of that shit. Anyways, I'm going to go before I set a fire in the comment section. An Alba fire, if you will. I'll see myself out. I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation. Keep all of these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to you, to you guys later, but for right now, I am tagging out. Bye, guys.